Well, good morning. It doesn't feel like I've, I haven't done this for about a year, actually. And uh, I remember when we sat down as an eldership team last May, June, we said, how, long, how often do we want to preach? I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to do once a month, once every six weeks. And um, probably in the same month, I, my work then said to me, do you think you could do two jobs at the same time for a year? And I sort of said, okay, <laughs> which, uh, which has been a bit of a, a kicker for me, really, because although I love work and feel like that's what God has called me to do, I actually miss making the time to, to prepare and, and share what God's put on my heart. And God's been putting a lot of things on my heart over the last year. And one of them that I feel like he's wanted me to spend some time on this morning is inheritance. But before I do, quick intro. If you don't know me, my name's Neil, so I'm doing it back to front. Uh, I have the privilege of being part of the eldership team here. I'm married to Marsh with three lovely children. Uh, we love being part of Oasis and think it's the best thing that... Uh, to be part of, and I know that God has got massive plans for us as a group of people, not just in Chelmsford, but beyond. Um, I know we have nations stamped all over us. bit of news from us. We are going to China in October for a couple of weeks. Woohoo! Um, it's been one of our dreams since Phil and Laura have gone, actually. Uh, we had a great friendship with them, and um, we, we wanted to, just as Rose shared last time, we want to just create some opportunity to have some fun and raise some money for Phil and Laura and New Day. And uh, so I think when Rose comes back, we'll put something in the diary for October. We've got to sort out dates with Rachel and others, just where we can get together, have fun, and take some money out there. New Day can always deal with money to help with whatever they've got going on at the same t- within uh, New Day. So watch this space. I loved how... Peter started the morning off with um, Psalm 23, because I'm, I'm coming to that. Right. Can we just pray? Jesus. Father God, I just pray this morning would be a, a morning where it's just not my voice heard, but it's an impartation from you. It'd be a sense of you speaking and in leaving something within each of our hearts about what you want to say. Amen. I love participation, so if you're feeling like you want to shout out, cry, laugh, please do. I won't take offence. Um, I'm talking about inheritance, and it's the four W's of inheritance. The what, the who, the where, and the when. Um, you may have not heard it um, shared like this before, but I feel like that's what God wants to do. If I was left a million pounds, but refused to possess it, I think you are you'd think I was mad, wouldn't you? And I feel like God wants to impart something about um, taking hold and possessing the inheritance that he's given us. So we're going to look at what is inheritance, who's it for, when and where, and then finally what can prevent us from walking in it. Um, I know that inheritance for some can be a bit of a taboo subject. I know that for some people sometimes it's, it's difficult either our relationship with our parents has broken down. We don't have an inheritance to inherit or to give. I know that I talk at different times with my dad about it because my dad hasn't worked in a job where he's been able to build up a massive estate. But that's okay. I don't mind that. But I don't want it to be a taboo subject between him and I because I feel it's important that if he has money, if we need to sell his house for him to 
going to care, that's fine. So I feel like there's something that God also wants to do in terms of allowing us to talk about inheritance and that we can talk about it openly in terms of our spiritual inheritance. But at the same time, I think we want to celebrate with people that know what it is to live in their inheritance. That's naturally and also us as a spiritual body in terms of knowing what our inheritance is. For me, there's a big difference between living for our inheritance, which is something that is ahead of us, and then living in our inheritance, which is a current tense, so living in it here and now, um, but with an eye on the future. But to start, I want to do a little quiz, okay? One of the reasons I've not been preaching for, for a year is because I've been reading the Bible for a year, trying to work out how many times certain words are said in the Bible. Not really, it's Google. But um, how many times do you think the word grace appears in the Bible? Any guesses? 170. How many times does love appear in the Bible? Sorry? Woo, very close. If I had some sweets, you'd have one. 310. How many times does the word Holy Spirit appear in the Bible? 261. How many times does joy appear in the Bible? 244. How many times does Jesus appear in the Bible, the word? 1,276. And how often does inheritance appear in the Bible? 239 times. And I think when I just did that, I had a spare lunch hour. I just thought, let's do some crazy stuff. Um, And I just thought, actually, there's a significance with it being mentioned in the Bible that number of times that it's important for us to grasp hold of. So what is inheritance? So thanks to Wikipedia... Wikipedia's definition is inheritance is the practice of passing on property, title, debts, rights, obligations upon the death of an individual. It has long played an important role in human societies. The dictionary's definition, I find them pretty poor, but the act of inheriting or the process of genetic transmission of characteristics from parents to offspring, sons and daughters. So if we think about little baby Prince George who's just been born, there's been no... He's had no choice in choosing what family he's going to be part of and the future that he's going to inherit. To be the future king of England, to have all of the wealth, the title, the expectation that's around him. It's something that he's been born into. So he's the son of Prince William and Kate. So when we look at our spiritual inheritance, who's it for? Who is a son or daughter of the living king? I hope there's there's lots of us. I'm there. But anyone with a hand held high is uh, a son or daughter of the living king and therefore is a child of the living king. We are princes and princesses and we're part of a royal bloodline. And I think when we think about um, Prince George, he's part of a royal bloodline and that's because he's been born into it. But likewise for us, we are part of a royal bloodline. So when Jesus died, rose again and ascended into heaven to be with his Father, we became co-heirs with him. If, we, if you've got a Bible, um, please turn to Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. And it reads, For those who who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. 
The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may share in his glory. So that's very, fairly categoric, isn't it, in terms of who we are, our identity in Christ. I don't, I don't know whether you know this, but I, when I was doing my study, I just came across uh, a helpful explanation about adoption. And I don't want to spend long, a long time on adoption, because I feel like God's been talking to me lots about that and the, the sort of transformational effect on us as, as individuals by being adopted into God's family. But this is fascinating. The word adoption had great meaning to Paul, Paul's Roman audience. The Romans had a special way of adopting their own sons. The word adoption actually means a son placing and has nothing to do with taking an orphan child and making him a member of a family. The Romans acknowledged all children as part of the family, but only those who went through the ritual of son placing were recognised as sons. A Roman father, if he had male children, never referred to them as sons until they were the uh, until they were of age. They were his children, but they were not his sons. But when the child became of age, when he was about 14 years old in the Roman system, the father took him down to the public forum where the child was publicly adopted by his own father and thereafter regarded as an adult son in the family, being heir of the father and sharing the privileges as well as the responsibilities in sons. At the moment we initially received Christ, we were made adult sons into God's family. And I think for, for some of us, it's very easy just to whip past that and think, we're sons, that's great. It stops there. And Thank you, Jesus. It's a freedom you've set us free. But actually, I think there's something about just pausing and realising we are co-heirs with Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ. And I think, for me, I get absolutely excited. And I know that when I just pause for a moment. This, this morning's worship was great. I think you just come back to that place of, and Lord God, are you, <laughs> what is in store for me, I don't know. But it's, I know that you're with me every step of the way. And that my inheritance is, is uh, one of excitement. Um, it's just wonderful. I think when we know that we are sons and daughters of the living God, it helps us so much in terms of our identity. Because actually, as soon as we realise who we are as sons and daughters, um, it then everything else we hear in terms of inheritance and what we're going to come on to in a little while just becomes um, true for each of us. So what inheritance rights do we have as children of Father God? Well, I think there's two aspects for me personally, and I feel this is where God's been talking to me lots on. I think there is the eternal inheritance, which is the to come, but I think there's the, as I've called it, the here and now of our spiritual inheritance. Our internal, eternal inheritance, um, I think it's important that we capture a glimpse of what that's going to be. And um, we read about it in the Bible, I've just pulled out two, two verses for me. One is... Titus 3, verse 7. You haven't got it, don't worry, I'll, I'll read it. It's only a short one. So that being justified by grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. 
And then the one for me is Revelation 21, verses 1 to 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now, now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be with his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for the words are trustworthy and true. Wow. What a picture is painting for us as, uh, as our internal inheritance to look forward, forward to when we finally meet our Heavenly Father. But I feel like just to wait for that would be missing a massive part of what God's inheritance is for each of us. And that's the here and now of our spiritual inheritance. So being joint heirs with Christ, Christ means that we actually begin to partake of his blessings right here and now. Firstly, we've been given the Holy Spirit as a promise from God. But then, as we read in Romans 8.16, it says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I'm just going to read a few verses out, because I think it just helps frame what our spiritual inheritance is. Not in terms of the actual, but being there exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit... He was poured out, this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Ephesians 1, 12, 14. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of glory in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to to the praise of his glory. So I don't know for you whether... This is something that you have thought about, engaged with, or chatted to friends about. But I think the here and now of our inheritance um, is something for all of us. And for me, I just wanted to pick out the here and now of our our inheritance. I think where Pete left us last week, in terms of um, where God's commission was given to him. There's something in John 14, 11, 13, where it says that actually our expectation is that... John 14. It says, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. So part of our inheritance is seeing actually greater things than what Jesus saw when he's on earth. 
I know for me that's a, a massive one for me because I know I'm longing to see healings in a way that we're not seeing at the moment. I know that on my dream board is that I'll pray for people that are dead and they'll rise again. And it's like, Jesus, this is what I'm longing to see. Uh, I know, and from, the same is for, for my children. I know the inheritance I want to leave them is one where they know their identity in Christ. They know who they've been made to be, and from that position, they can walk out and be all that God's created them to be. And, um, and that's, if I leave them with that when I die, I'll be a very happy man. <laughs> um, I'm sure they'd want more than that from me, but um, I long for that. Also, our inheritance here and now is that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. So Ephesians 2, verse 6. And I think just as we pause and just think, God, all that you've... And I think when you sometimes you read through the Bible, it's very easy just to read through it, gloss through it, and you read different chapters and verses. But actually, when you start to realise all that God has given us as an inheritance here and now, it's amazing. So I've just listed a few. I came so that they can have real and eternal life. John 10, 10. It is for freedom, Rose, that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom. It's not just something that is a nice thing to have, but actually when Christ came, he came to set us free. And another one that we... Can I just quickly turn to... And the fruit of the Spirit. I love this one. So the fruit of the Spirit that's living in us is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I have inherited that purely because I am the son of the King. I don't need to fight for it. I don't need to wait for my natural father to die. This is something that I can live in here and now as a son of the heavenly king. Woohoo! Happiness. Hey, hey! Matthew 5. Oh, pants. I forgot to write the verse down. Sorry, I finished using pants. I think it's the attitudes, but happiness. Woohoo! That's something that we can have as part of our inheritance um, uh, here and now. And um, it's just wonderful. Richard, your, your testimony of this week was, uh, I found quite moving actually, because I think there's something that God is doing in you about your inheritance and sonship that is going to affect more than, I think, more than you thought. And as you're standing there, I feel like God just saying that he's giving you an... Uh, Sorry, <laughs> um, God just reminded me. I feel like he wants to create in you an identity that's so strong that actually when you encounter people that have either gone through similar things as you or your friends, there's something attractive because of the security you have in your identity. And I felt like what you were doing with your mum uh, on the telephone was just uh, communicating that security that you have in, in Jesus Christ 
and actually as you speak out what God is putting on your heart and as you have boldness to, um, to share with people, it's, it's going to be life-changing for them um, as they understand all that God has made for them. Um, praise God. And that's not just for Richard. I believe that passionately for each of us as we, as we, as we uh, have a greater revelation of our identity in Christ. Um, whenever we are talking with people, we are calling out completely what God has put into them. We're calling out the gold that God has put into them. We're calling out the identity that God has put in them. And so I think for me, when I've been thinking about inheritance, that's why it feels so, so important because inheritance and sonship are so directly linked in that if we know we're a son, and actually the, the effect of that is we walk in complete inheritance um, that God has for us. Um, hallelujah. Power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Acts 1.8. So everything, I'm, everything that, um, as I'm sitting there and I'm reading the Bible and, and as I just sort of chat with my Heavenly Father, it's like, power. It's like, God, my heart's desire is that as we, just, as we engage with family, friends, work colleagues, there's something of just impart, impartation that's left with them through the power of Jesus Christ. And... Uh, I know for me that it feels like something is changing significantly within, within the church. Even this year, you felt something shift in terms of the power of God. And I know for me, it feels like there's something shifted even at work where I've started to talk more about church and, and, and as I start to engage with people, I found them saying, well, can you pray for me? It's my mum's poorly, my mum's just been diagnosed with cancer and it's like, there's conversations happening that have never happened before. And um, I'm slightly off track now, but um, I love, part of who I am, I love crossing denominations. I love going to see other churches. And we're all part of the same family. Just because somebody does it this way doesn't mean that they're not, um, we're not brothers and sisters. But my cousin is um, head of um, evangelism and outreach for Church of England. So we met up for lunch. I thought, let's have a discussion around... Um, uh, theology, that's going to be a good one. We never got to it. But what was wonderful and very beautiful to hear from her is that the Church of England are struggling at the moment of how to cope with the rising up of, of um, uh, church plants because very, traditionally it's been very much around parishes, it's we've got this parish here, and all of a sudden these church plants are popping up because people are feeling like, I want to set up a church in a pub. I want to set up a church in a basketball court or a, a football pitch. And so she's having to go in there with all the people within the Church of England that govern the Church of England to start saying, well, how are we going to deal with this? It can't be just, well, this is my parish and thanks very much. It's actually, it feels like God is starting to challenge the, the structures that we've known about and have loved maybe for many, many years to say, actually, that's not how my spirit and power works. It works very differently, and I'm just going to raise up church. I'm going to raise up people in all different areas to, uh, uh, to, to share my gospel. So I'm excited. Woo! I'm going to touch my leg. Um, yeah. And the Lord's Prayer. I loved it when um, um, Peter started off this morning, because I was just resting with God last night, and... Uh, and just thought, 
what a wonderful promise for us as, as God's children that we so quickly can um, rush across. And actually, I was reading it from, from the message. Slaps of inheritance, the first sentence. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the ways go through, go through the death valley, I'm not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner with a bottle of champagne, my, my embellishments, right in front of my enemies. You revive, revive my drooping head, my cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. And I could go on. I feel like there's lots of verses that God has just wanted to pull out. But the other thing about inheritance, and I think spiritual inheritance for us, is that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. So actually we get to share and encourage each other in our inheritance to, with one another. And I think, again, that's something that I love celebrating, is when you see different people, me and others, just realising, wow, I didn't realise that about my inheritance. Um, and we just get to celebrate each other. Now the what. What is our qualification? The writing's on the wall. I think I've said it enough time. But quite simply, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Woohoo! <laughs> oh dear. It's so simple, isn't it, the gospel? It's just... We try and make it more complicated than it is sometimes, I think, but it's just so simple. So it, it is... Our qualification is that we believed, the day we believed, we became sons of Jesus Christ and uh, had all of the inheritance that, um, that I just shared. But I think the biggest disqualification is when we don't realise who God has made us to be as a son and daughter. And, um, and we disqualify ourselves. And... Um, I think that can happen a number of ways. I think that can happen through uh, natural family. I think if there's been circumstances or situations where um, we have been either cut off from family for whatever reason or we just don't feel worthy, that can then affect our, uh, the way that we see Jesus Christ. And, and I'm, not, I'm not proposing... That I'm going to close in a minute, but uh, I'm feeling like God actually wants to just... Uh, uh, impart something to us this morning uh, again just about our inheritance and who he has called us to be uh, and particularly if people are feeling disqualification in that I'm either not a son or daughter or I don't know it or I think I am but I'm not sure or I am but I can only inherit this, this bit here so to close it's because of God's grace and our identity as sons and daughters and the promise of the Holy Spirit that we can live in our inheritance here and now. And we recognise and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal our royal bloodline 
and the riches of, the, of heaven that we can enjoy right here and now. And there is a big difference, I think, living for our inheritance, future tense, or living in our inheritance, which is current tense, but actually knowing and living in the promise that uh, in the future uh, we'll be with Jesus, our Heavenly Father in heaven. Amen.